I've spent the last two years learning from the best social media entrepreneurs out there and implementing the skills and ideas they have taught me in order to grow two successful social media businesses. After some time though, I realized that social media was only part of the story. As I expanded my network, I kept finding young entrepreneurs with multi-million or even billion dollar businesses that weren't doing anything on social media. Instead of building their personal brand and selling courses, these entrepreneurs were solving massive market needs by creating the next Airbnb or Uber. But the real question is, as a young entrepreneur, which of these options is best for us? Social media influencer or startup founder? That's where this podcast comes in. With a mix of interviews with people from both sides of the aisle, you can see what appeals to you and how you can take the steps to start and grow your business immediately. Join me and follow along as I sit down with some of the top social media influencers and startup founders in the world to ask the most important questions and extract the information you need without the fluff you don't. My name is Apple Kreider and welcome to Young Smart Money. Welcome back to another episode of Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. Uh, today we're sitting down with Nick Myers. Nick is the founder of Red Fox AI, a company that is working with brands to help them develop um, AI skills, um, so Alexa skills or Google Assistant uh, tasks with the uh, power of artificial intelligence. So this is an area that I'm super fascinated in, kind of just seeing where the future of um, artificial intelligence and voice is going. I know, um, at least before this conversation, I knew very little um, about the area. So even if you're coming in at the ground level, this is gonna be a really valuable conversation for you. And if you're interested in the future of uh, these kind of technologies, I'm sure you're going to get a ton out of this episode. I, I got a ton out of sitting down with Nick. He is a really cool guy. Um, also a graduate of UW-Madison, which is where I just finished up um, school at. So it was super cool to sit down with him um, in a co-working space that I helped start on campus and um, do this interview in person. I love um, doing them in person when I can, so I wanted to get in a couple. I mean, Zachary um, a couple days ago and then Nick today are both um, alum of UW-Madison, so it was really cool to sit down with them in person and hear their stories and uh, get, some, get some valuable takeaways. So um, yeah, we're talking about voice, we're talking about artificial intelligence, um, and we're talking about taking advantage of emerging trends as well, because um, as a lot of you guys know, voice is something that has really started taking off in the last couple of years, and Nick has kind of been um, at the forefront of, of this trend and really um, kind of pioneering um, a, a niche for himself and for his company. So it's it's really cool to see someone doing that in, in a new space. So I really um, dove in with him on sort of the, the things that, that you need to think about when you are in an emerging space. Things like how do you how do you mark yourself effectively when people maybe don't even understand what you're doing and how do you find people with the skill sets you need when um, schools aren't teaching this stuff and when it might be harder to find talent in these emerging areas. So stuff like that, um, we're really diving into throughout the interview. I know you're gonna get a ton of value whether or not um, voice is of interest to you, whether or not you're just interested in emerging trends. Um, there's a lot to be learned. So uh, that's basically what we're gonna be talking about and then a little bit more housekeeping. I know in the last episode, um, I mentioned that the show is pivoting. So if you missed that one, the show is pivoting. There are uh, two more episodes, including this one, so this one, and one more of the old style of Young Smart Money where we're doing entrepreneur interviews, um, which um, we're pivoting away from. We're going to personal finance for young entrepreneurs. So that is the name of the game going forward. So stay tuned for that. In uh, about a week, we're going to launch that up. So that'll be awesome. 
Um, also, uh, once you are, when you're, when you're listening to this podcast, watching it, whatever, um, I will be in Thailand. So I'm now in Thailand for uh, give or take two, three months. I'm going to be bouncing around Southeast Asia, um, just sort of uh, learning a little bit about the world and experiencing what I can now that I am um, out of school. So that is uh, a little bit in the life of Apple Crider. So if anybody um, has been to, to Southeast Asia recently or, or knows a little bit about um, Thailand, Philippines, uh, Malaysia are where I'm planning on headed right now. Feel free to, to, to reach out, um, and I would love to to hear what you have to say. Um, I'm I'm kind of I'm coming coming in pretty blind. Um, I'm kind of just kind of just showing up and, and figuring out as I go. So if you know anything about the area, if you've been there before, if you've uh, done the digital nomad life before, would love to hear your experience. So feel free to reach out. Um, but that is about all. I'm excited to hop into this interview with Nick. Um, then we got one more with Chase Namick. He's coming on for round two um, in a couple of days here. So stay tuned for that. Without further ado, uh, let's welcome Nick to the podcast. All right, Nick, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I am doing well. It's a pleasure to be sitting down with you in person. I don't do many uh, interviews in person, so I'm always grateful for the opportunity to have Absolutely. It. Well, I think as we were kind of chatting before we started recording, I had no idea you were local. <laughs> Someone reached out to me. I thought you were in another state, which I was like, well, when do you want to schedule the Zoom meeting? And you're like, well, I prefer to do them in person. And I was like, wait, you're in Madison? <laughs> so, yeah, that worked out perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's always cool to, to connect with cool people here. I'm only in the area for like two more weeks before I graduate, but wow, yeah, thank you. But I'm, I'm stoked to, to make as many connections as I can in the meantime. So for our listeners that uh, aren't familiar with you and Red Fox AI and sort of what you're up to right now, fill us in on sort of like the 60 second elevator pitch of uh, what you're working on. Yeah. So in a nutshell, what we do at Red Fox AI is we help brands leverage the power of artificial intelligence, specifically using voice assistive technologies like Alexa and Google to really help them in a couple different ways, whether that be identifying an internal problem that they can solve using voice, increasing customer engagement, different things like that, because the voice space right now, we're just at the start of it, and yep. there are so many opportunities as we head into the next couple of years, specifically as to how this is going to impact brands and organizations across every single industry. So that's specifically what we focus on. And aside from that, I'm just kind of in AI geek, if you will. <laughs> so um, even though our business is specifically focused to voice assistant tech, I do give a lot of talks around the country and the world about artificial intelligence and the future of work and just the technology itself, because it's just so fascinating. Yeah, that's definitely something I want to dive into later. But first, I'm curious, how did you get involved in sort of the voice assistant space? Because it's kind of it's kind of a, an emerging niche that, I mean, I have a little bit of experience. Uh, like a year and a half ago, I made my own Alexa skill. I was nice. kind of messing around. It was just like a like a daily briefing. Yeah. Um, but like, how did you, how did you get involved in this space? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. So for me, I actually started Red Fox AI officially in 2017, but it was a different company then. So it was actually Red Fox Creative and go figure we actually were doing digital marketing. Um, but <laughs> okay. I was always a bit more tech focused with it and I wanted to be different because even in Madison and South Central Wisconsin and even towards Milwaukee, it's very saturated. Yeah. So we actually started, me and my business partner, who's also happens to be my best friend, we started looking at the applications of AR and VR technology in marketing. We actually bought a 360 video camera, read all this market research data, and we were convinced that this was like the next big thing. <laughs> well, long story short, it wasn't. Uh, we actually got a couple of clients out of it, though. We started doing work for them, but it just, as you as you can see now, it still hasn't taken off. Yeah. Like a lot of the predictions in 2016, 2017 said. So my best friend departed the business. I held on to it in our current client load, and I was like, well, what am I going to do with this thing? Am I going to keep it? Am I going to just, you know, get rid of it and just focus on my full-time job? Like, what am I going to do? 
So ultimately, it was in Jan December of 2017, my mom had gotten me an Amazon Echo mm. for the holidays. And you can ask anybody in voice. Everybody has like a similar story, some other story <laughs> about their first experience with an Amazon Echo device. But for me, I got it for Christmas. January rolled around. I had it sitting on my kitchen counter. I was like, what am I going to do with this thing? At the yeah. time, I thought it was like a gimmick. Like, yeah. <laughs> what do you do with this? Just ask it questions. Tells you jokes. Like, tells yeah. me a dirty joke or two. Um, but no, I actually was standing in my bathroom. It was a cold January day here in Madison, which I'm sure yeah. you know quite often in the winter. Yeah. And I'm in my bathroom and I realized, wow, I'm out of toilet paper. And I thought to myself, you know, I could go outside, but screw that. It's like negative 10 outside. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. It was a Saturday. And I was like, you know, I also could order it on my phone. Like, of course, Amazon had the wrap. I was a prime pantry member at the time as well. And I was like, you know, I wonder if that thing sitting on my kitchen counter can do it. <laughs> so I said, Alexa, I want toilet paper. Within about five seconds, Alexa had recommended me a 12-pack of Cottonelle for like $5.30-something. Gave me a discount because I was using Alexa and asked me if I wanted to buy it. I said, sure. Next thing I know, in 24 hours, I have some toilet paper sitting on my doorstep. And to me, that was like the light bulb, aha, whatever you want to call it moment to where, wow, there is there is something to this technology. And especially with me, with my marketing and comm background, I'm always on the lookout for different things that marketers can leverage to use in their day-to-day, um, their day-to-day skill set to help them reach customers more effectively, different things like that. So that was my aha moment. And ever since then, I just kind of dove headfirst into it, knowing nothing about <laughs> AI, knowing nothing about voice technology. And through learning about voice technology, I found some really interesting people at Microsoft and some other companies who were publishing some really interesting things about artificial intelligence. So as a byproduct of me learning about voice, I just kind of dove headfirst into AI, took a few courses as to to how AI works and, you know, what, what makes the whole thing tick? Because I think you can probably agree we hear the word AI so much now, but how many people actually know what this is yeah. right, other than just the word? So I dove headfirst into it, read books, white papers, watch YouTube videos, read things on the internet. So it was a very unorthodox form of learning, but the magic of that is we can do that now. Yeah. It wasn't just confined to a classroom or reading textbooks. I can access all of this information on the internet. And to me, it's very accurate information. I mean, all the sources I went to were verifiable and everything, but that's how I learned about all this. So... And through that, I also found some really good mentors who are also in the tech space. And one of them really helped me work on my personal brand on social media and different things that kind of launched me into the speaking that I'm doing now. But really, that's kind of how I got involved in AI and voice technology. And everything is changing daily. So there is not a moment that goes by where I'm not reading something new, learning something new. And that's what you have to do to stay on your toes in, in this space and just technology overall. So for me... I came into this with no background in tech, but now my career is tech and (laughs) it's booming unlike anything I could have ever imagined. Sorry to hop in, but it's time for the Young Smart Money review of the day. This one comes from Javier FS, who says, this is my new favorite podcast. Just listened to your interview with Josue Pena. Really well done. Love the style of your podcast. Keep up with that great content. Javier, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I see you're digging deep into the archives 
Uh, Josue was on the show quite a while ago. I would say beginning of 2019 at this point. So, um, and that was honestly one of the most popular episodes so far. So if you guys have not checked out that episode of Josue Pena, would highly recommend it. He knows a lot when it comes to Instagram. And as always, if you want to get featured in the next episode, all you have to do is drop a rating and review on iTunes or CastBox, and you'll be entered to get featured. But without further ado, let's get back into the interview. That's fascinating. So I'm curious then, you're learning all this information, you're talking to mentors, you're reading these white papers. How did you then turn that knowledge into action? Like what was some of the first sort of action steps you were taking once you had this knowledge and this fascination with voice and AI? Like how did you then take that to the market and find some way to provide value to someone? Yeah. So for us, it's been a lot of research because there is such limited information out there now in any case studies or practical applications of it because really we've only seen voice technology become, I wouldn't even call it mainstream at this point, but we've seen more applications of it since about 2015, 2016, which is only a couple of years ago. Yeah, no. So a lot of it has been guesswork. A lot of it has been just talking to people like you or anybody I can even find off the street and just, hey, what do you think about this? Or hey, what do you think about this? Uh, using my network to reach out to people in the business community, asking them about it. So that's kind of how we conducted a lot of our initial research. Okay. And then a lot of it, again, was just diving into it. So learning how to build Alexa skills from the ground up. My best friend, who's also my CTO now, who was a part of Red Fox Creative, has over the past year learned how to code, not having any background in coding, but he can make Alexa skills in like 10 minutes now. Same with Google Actions. And because there are such a limited number of people working in this space, you don't have to know, well, if you want to be taken seriously, of course you need to know quite a bit, but (laughs) you don't really need to know that much for people to start listening because nobody really knows anything about it. So what we did is we kind of compiled all this research we got and some of the limited amount of work we were able to do with some clients and just kind of put together, okay, here's what our service model is as a business. Here's the whole in this whole area, and here's how what we do can provide a solution. So essentially, we just broke it down into three simple components. So we do consulting and strategy. So a core component of what we do is we go into a company or a brand and identify, oh, will voice work for you? If it does, well, let's use our roadmap to help you figure out the best way to approach this, practical applications, where it would fit in best because mm-hmm. I am of the mindset where if it does not make sense for you, I'm not going to push it on you. Yeah, to exactly. Sale because <laughs> that's going to be more work for me. And ultimately you're probably not going to get what you want and it's just going to be a headache for everybody. Yeah. So I only recommend it to people if it actually, they actually need it as an organization. So that's our consulting part. Then the second vertical that we do is development. So all of our Alexa skills, all of our Google actions that we build for clients are done in-house. We actually have a client in Australia right now who we are building a custom Google action for, for her organization. And we're going to hopefully deploy that early next year. So that's really exciting, but we do all of that in-house and my CTO currently does that work. And then the third vertical is education. So this is probably the most important one actually, because as I keep saying here, there really isn't a lot of information out there. And there's a lot of misconceptions, not only about voice technology, but about artificial intelligence in general. So it's been a mission of mine through our education vertical to do these talks and get as much information out there as possible so people understand where it's at, how it's going to affect them, and more importantly, how it's going to affect your business. Because like we saw with personal computing, then the internet, then the mobile, then the social media, this is just the next wave. 
And as a matter of fact, there's a lot of talk right now that this very well could be one of the final inputs we have with technology is our actual human voice, which is why that's just super exciting to me and, and, and it's amazing. But those are kind of the three different verticals that we tackle as an organization. And we've been able to really bring together everything we've learned over the past two years to, to grow. And it's been really exciting. Sweet. So can you sort of walk us through a little bit of that roadmap and how you kind of determine like if voice makes sense for someone? Yeah. So initially we start with discovery, of course. So we just kind of dive in and have our initial kickoff meeting and figure out, oh, well, here's where your organization currently stands in the marketplace. Here's where you currently are at with technology mm -hmm. because <laughs> so many organizations are in so many different facets of that. I've talked to people who have like all these software programs and different things. And let, let, let's say out of a hundred percent of software programs that they have, they only use about 30% of what they actually have. I mean, it's incredible. So there's, we, we dive into some of that and figure out what does your current technology look like? And then of course we just figure out where do you want to go? You know, where do you want to be as a brand? What are some major problems you have with your customers? What are your customers saying about your brand right now? So we kind of ask some of these basic questions and then just open up discovery to figure out, okay, Here's where voice would work. Here's the application that we could build to fix that problem. And then ultimately, here are some of the ways that we could deploy that and get you some results. So of course, after all that's done, we do the discovery. Then we go to the build phase. So that's when we take everything from discovery, go through and we build the application from the ground up. Since designing for voice is completely different than any other medium, that's also become a very specialized niche that yeah. I've kind of taken a liking to. So in the space, we call it conversational design. So instead of designing, of course, for visual via a mobile app or an internet-based software platform, you're just designing for conversation, which is actually quite tricky when we start breaking it down. So we have this whole process we go through for conversational design for all of our different, I'll just call them voice apps now because a lot of people can relate to that better than skills and actions sure, and all these yeah, different yeah. cockamamie terms that they have out there. Um, and then after build, we deploy and then test and get the results. So we deploy it. We help them out with launching a marketing campaign because right now, sure, Amazon claims there's 100,000 skills on the Alexa skills store, but 90% of these skills have never been marketed. Mm -hmm. So that's what I tell all the different clients and organizations we work with too, is sure, it's great to build this and solve a problem, but if you can't market it and make people aware of it, then what's the point? Yeah. So we go through and we help them identify some best tactics for marketing this, getting the word out, and then ultimately we just maintain it for them and optimize and give them results. And we kind of, I, I, I coined the term voice as a service model. Yeah, you know, like, I saw that on your side. Yeah, like software as a service, hardware as a service. Well, I like to call us voice as a service. So that's essentially what we do when we, you know, get approached to work with somebody when it comes to voice. And then aside from voice, we do AI consulting as well. So I've worked with people to help identify, okay, looking from what your current internal problems are, here's where an AI program can make sense, or here's how you could deploy artificial intelligence effectively. And of course, I have to break that down quite substantially for people. Yeah. But once they see it, they get it. So that's that's kind of how we tackle some of these cases right now when we're approaching with people. Okay, I want to dive a little bit more into the marketing side of things because I mentioned earlier I had this like Alexa skill that I was sort of just messing around with like over a year ago, and I really had no idea how to market it, which yeah. is why I sort of lost interest because like I put it out there and it existed and some people used it, but like grand scheme of things, I really had no idea how to make people aware of it. Right. So like, what are some of the strategies that you guys use to like yeah. get these voice apps some traction? Well, one of the hard parts right now is most people don't actually know you can 
activate third-party skills. Yeah. I, mean, I can't tell you how many talks that I go to, not only in the U.S., but a couple that I've done internationally this year. And people are like, oh, yeah, I use my Alexa and Google Assistant and different things for the weather and ask questions. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but did you know that you can do this cool thing that this third-party company has made? Or did you know that there's this Tide stain remover skill or this Butterball Turkey hotline skill? <laughs> or And they're like, no. And I'm like, Gotcha. So that's something we've learned over the past two years is there's still a huge problem with most people who own the devices and yeah. who use voice assistant don't realize you can actually use some of these third party skills to, to make your experience better and solve a problem within your life. So we really hone in on, you know, who your core audience is, how do you currently market to them, mimic a lot of those same marketing strategies because the biggest hurdle when you're marketing an Alexa skill or a Google action is you have to have somebody activate that. You physically have to have them either one, go into an app and click enable the skill or two, ask Alexa to enable it. So they actually have to take that next step. So it's not nearly as easy as say you're just serving up a Facebook ad and they're clicking through. You can serve up that Facebook ad for an Alexa skill, but they still have to take that next step to activate it. So we recommend just throwing in a couple different components of, you know, digital marketing, sometimes even conventional marketing, word of mouth marketing actually works wonders when it comes to marketing for Alexa skills and Google Actions. So really just try and identify some of the core things are already doing and just tailor that to overcoming that hurdle, if you will, of having somebody take that next step and activate the skill. Yeah. So with that being said, I'm also kind of curious what made you want to or, or what made you decide to keep all of this stuff in-house in terms of like the consulting, the design, the marketing, like why not work with outside agencies yeah. to like fill in these gaps? Like why do it all in-house? Yeah. Well, that's a very good question. And the reason I'm taking more of that mindset now is because limited talent. Sure. So we, I've actually approached some different development companies before uh, Brett, who's my CTO, popped back in and they'll say they can do this. But a lot of them are not really familiar with the version of JavaScript that you need to actually build this because most people have been familiar with JavaScript as it has been for years when you're developing mobile apps or websites. There is a variation that you use for developing an Alexa skill or a Google action that is entirely different, and most people don't know that. Mm -hmm. So the knowledge that Brett actually has with Node.js, which is the version of JavaScript that we use, is very unique actually, and not too many people outside of the voice space actually know how to effectively code in that. So that's one of the reasons we've chosen to keep development in-house for now, not to mention it gives us a greater deal of control over our products and you know the work that we do for our clients and different things. But when it comes to consulting and different things, it's the same thing. There's a limited amount of people who have the knowledge and most people are just looking for somebody else to give them the knowledge at this point. So by keeping the consulting aspect and the education aspect in-house, of course, we can present the information that we've been able to gather over the past two years, I find more effectively. And then, of course, if they want more resources, then we hopefully can work with them and, and offer them that as well. Now, don't get me wrong, as we scale and grow over the next couple of years, I'm sure we'll be outsourcing more of our work. Like, even though I'm a, a marketing person, I don't want to do my own marketing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure at some point, you know, hopefully we're working on a product right now that we can hopefully get some venture capital funding for, can grow that team to bring some more people in. But, those are some of the main reasons why I think we've kind of consolidated it to just our in-house work right now, just because there's such a limited number of people globally who are working in this space and, and know what to do and know the applications of it. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, when it is still an emerging industry for the most part, yeah, that that 
there isn't so much just talent readily available. Right. I mean, it's not just like find a developer and they can just like make an app for you. Like you need to you need to find people with specialized skills. Exactly, and it, it's not even just coding and Node.js. Like Brett also has a degree of conversational design knowledge too, because even though you're coding. It's you're still coding for voice, so you yeah. still have to understand like, okay, this line of code is going to yield this result in terms of conversation of what Alexa is going to say to make them go down this path or make them go here. And there's all this new stuff that Amazon's coming out with, with like situational design and different things. And that's one of the hard parts of this too. Every day, things are changing and they're coming out with new stuff. Like we'll code something one day and they'll release this new feature or change something the next day. I mean, they have a team of ten thousand people working on Alexa alone. I don't know how many people Google have, but I would imagine it's not a small number, but because it's still so new and emerging and they're, they're also trying to grow their technology, yeah. it's changing every day. Wow. So essentially, yeah, it's we're, we're kind of bound, to, unfortunately, to them at this point. Who's to say we won't make our own voice assistant in the future? I would love to do that. But of course, right now, we're, we're bound to Amazon and Google and what they do with Alexa and Google Assistant. So. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I mean... You're, you're sort of building off of their platforms right now. So have you run into any issues given that that's the case, given that like you are, you're operating in like Amazon's like sort of yeah. playing field? So initially that was honestly one of my large concerns. Yeah. But Amazon is so desperate to have third-party developers right now that okay. they aren't really screwing with anybody. Playing pretty nice. <laughs> um, and if they were, that would just ruin the whole thing. Now, don't get me wrong. They have motives as well with this whole thing. Like, of course, they want more people to buy things through Alexa. And, you know, they want to push people to Amazon products, which is great. But ultimately, I think they know deep down that they are going to be way more successful with third-party developers on this, kind of like the App Store. Yeah. Like, you know, Apple is just kind of, they provide the house, if you will, and then everybody else builds the furniture. That's kind of what we're looking at with Amazon Alexa right now. And Google really hasn't been pushing their third-party development so much, but they make it relatively simple, of course, to build actions of different things, which, fun fact, uh, Google Assistant is actually used more so globally, and that's why with our international clients, we use Google Assistant because Alexa cannot handle nearly as many languages oh, as Google Assistant can and understand it. The technology is just different that way. Sure. So like our clients in Australia were doing Google Assistant, but, you know, say we were to get another client in the U.S., we probably would use Alexa just because that's more widely used here. So there's a variation with that as well. But, yeah. Okay. And ultimately, that's that's that kind of is the reason why I was a bit hesitant to begin with, but it hasn't really proven to be that much of an issue. Now, the product we're building, I won't say too much about it, but they could, they could view what we're building as using their own service against them. I won't say more than that. <laughs> um, but... We'll see how that rolls out because they're actually working on something similar that, that we are. So it's, it's odd to say that our competition is Amazon. But. <laughs> it's always, it's always a, <laughs> not, not a great situation to be right. in. But <laughs> all right, solid. So I'm curious with, with the skills and with the, with the sort of the voice apps that you're building for these different uh, companies and, and, and clients and whatnot, are most of them used for brand building or like what is what is the intended use of, of most of the skills or is it really just spanning the it's gamut here? It's all over the place. Like over the summer, we built the skill for an event here in Madison actually. So we partnered with um, Kareen Woodman-Hollabuck, who's a very good friend of mine, um, but she runs Disrupt Madison in Milwaukee. So she was hosting an event at the Sylvie. So we actually built an Alexa skill for Alexa to act as a co-host of the event. 
I was actually hosting the event, so Alexa and I actually had a back and forth, and Alexa was <laughs> introducing guests and different things. And it was just a really interesting use case because you don't see anything like that really now. Yeah. And that's why she was all for it and why we wanted to do it. And she actually secured a sponsor um, for like her next three events after that because they love the use of Alexa with it so much. So it just added a completely new dynamic. Uh, the client we're working with in Australia, my friend Marae, who runs the Social Media Marketing Institute, uh, essentially what we're doing for her is we're just making it easier for people to become members. So you just ask Google to become a member of SMMI. You can pay directly through it, become a member, learn more about the organization, learn more about the people involved with some of that audio content. Um, and we're doing a couple other integrations where maybe we can even register for the conferences that she runs throughout the year directly through Google as well, eliminating that hurdle to make it more streamlined. So it really is kind of all over the place. So, I mean, we have a skill for my podcast, the Artificial Podcast. Um, I know we're working on a skill right now that's kind of, we're, we're designing it right now where we're thinking some type of escape room, weird story thing that we can have oh. episodes on top of. So saying we could go through one audio-based escape room or episode, oh, well, you want to come back more? Maybe you pay 99 cents or something like that. So there's so many different things to do with this. And even if we're not necessarily doing client work, we're still just focused on coming up with ideas and putting stuff out there for practice and our own brand recognition. But I would say if you're an enterprise, well, our core focus is meeting the enterprise level. But if you're an enterprise level company, more than likely what we'd be building for you is something to help you want to engage with your customers or solve an internal problem. Okay. That makes sense. Now, speaking to like a young listener here who's potentially interested in, in learning more about like the voice space, what are some good resources that you've come across or just kind of like if someone was starting from ground zero and wanted to learn more about like voice and AI in this whole area? Um, where would you where would you kind of point them? Or like, what are some some good like knowledge bases? Or I know you mentioned some courses you took, but like, what are some? Yeah. So if you're looking for voice specific, there's a couple really good sources of info out there right now. The one that I go to more than anything else is called VoiceBot.ai, um, and they're just an internet publication dedicated to just voice assistant technology articles, different things. Truthfully, if you go to any of the big tech companies' blogs, like Microsoft. Google, Amazon, they always are publishing information about voice technology. If you're looking for AI-specific stuff, the course that I took was the Microsoft Professional Program in Artificial Intelligence. So I would, I swear by that, it was an extremely well-put-together course that I totally believe I got my money's worth for. So there's ways to learn about it that way. Otherwise, I'm just going to be completely honest with you all, Google. Just <laughs> Google some different things about it and you'll be pointed to some really solid resource of different things. And that's why I, I can only give a couple specifics here because I feel like I've gone to so many different places to get information for this. There's a couple of different good books out there as well. Um, there's a book that Bradley Metrock, who runs Project Voice, has published called More Than Weather. Um, and he goes through like 200 different, 100 or 200, I can't remember, different use cases of Alexa. Um, there is another one, I can't remember the name, of the author, but he just dives into voice and the evolution of it over time. Um, the voice community is huge on Twitter, which I know Twitter isn't necessarily the hip thing with, <laughs> with Gen Z, but I love Twitter um, and hashtag voice first. You'll just find all the people on there sharing information and updates and everything. Uh, my friend Scott and Susan Westwater just published a book on voice content strategy. So there's a couple different books out there. I'm looking at putting together hopefully an e-course as well. Um, have that done early next year. So people are starting to put more information out there. And if you just start looking in the right areas, you can find where the good information is at. Sweet. That's a ton of valuable content. I'll be sure to link those up in the show notes for the listeners. 
Um, I want to touch just briefly on sort of the speaking side of things, then we're going to wrap it up. But um, what made you, in terms of, I know you mentioned like one of the three pillars is education. What made you decide that speaking was the most effective way to sort of further that and like going out and like doing in-person events? Yeah. So for me, I just kind of, actually, when I was younger, I hated, truthfully hated being in front of people. <laughs> um, it was terrifying to me. And as a matter of fact, what I would do in high school is I would always make myself go first to give like the presentations you know, yep. in the past and I just wanted to get it out of the way. And I'm like, well, by the time, the, the they'll never remember the first person, only the last person, right? So I always wanted to go first just to get it out of the way. And then in my senior year of high school, I just kind of discovered through hosting some different events and things that I actually am just quite natural when it comes to being in front of people. And then just through some different experiences I had in college, I got more practice with that. And I learned that, wow, I actually do enjoy giving talks and being in front of people. There's, there's an energy there that I don't really find in too many other places. So then as we kind of started building what we do with Redbox, I was working with my mentor, Mary Rodriguez, who just incredible person, really helped change my life. She's the one who really helped me build my personal brand. She currently heads the global internship program at Microsoft. But I told her I wanted to start speaking and she, she herself was building her speaking career. She was doing a couple of keynotes and gave me a lot of pointers. And she's like, you just need to get your first event. And that opens the door to everything else. So my first event, as I was getting more into what we were doing with Red Fox, was actually here in Madison at Social Media Breakfast. Oh, So yeah. my first event was actually speaking on 360 video, which is funny because we were actually getting <laughs> out of that at yeah. the time I gave that talk. But she was right the moment I gave that talk. Things just started to happen. Um, again, I, I was really working on my personal brand. I was getting really into LinkedIn, started leveraging LinkedIn for speaking and connecting with people. And before I know it, I started getting a couple things around Wisconsin, which led to a national conference in Chicago, which led to a national conference in Seattle, which led to Australia, which led to Thailand. I mean, it, it just kept building and building and building. Um, I'm, you know, here in Madison, I've, I've done Dream Bank a handful of times. Yep. I've done events in Milwaukee and all across the state and this year I'm going to be all across the U.S. the second half of the year is going to be crazy travel for me but I love it and for me I look at giving a talk as more than just sharing information because I have sat through so many different talks from people and the one thing that I cannot stand is you just have somebody up there literally vomiting information at you there's yeah. no like I view it as also entertainment you are literally up there Sure, you're sharing information, but you're also, you're entertaining people. You're putting out a performance. So I view every talk that I do as not only as I'm sharing this information, but I am sharing it with you in a way that you'll remember and providing you an experience. And to accomplish a lot of that, I've actually started integrating Alexa into my talk. So I actually pre-program some different things <laughs> into Alexa. And Alexa and I will have a conversation back and forth. I'll have Alexa crack some jokes, say some funny things throughout it. And it just adds a different dynamic. And I want what I do to be memorable. And I think for me personally, that's really helped me get to the level that I have so quickly with the talks that I'm giving. I mean, I'll be honest. I never thought I'd be going to Australia, Thailand, and just different countries outside of the U.S. sharing knowledge on this. I mean, it, it's been incredible. But for me, I get so excited every time I get a talk. I, it, even though on stage I may look like that everything's cool, calm, and collected, I get absolutely nervous and freak out before every single <laughs> one. But you can ask anyone who speaks often that it's that adrenaline rush right before that is is what's addicting to the whole thing. So that's awesome. I really like the the back and forth with Alexa. That's that's really 
I mean, that's, that's really good branding in yeah. terms of just like getting that recognition and remembering you and, and, and your name. Cause I'm, I mean, my mom's a professional speaker and a lot of her business oh, just nice. comes from like repeat clients and people who like saw her speak and they're like, right. Oh, I really like that. So, I mean, I, I can only imagine that's going to be really good for just like catching people's attention and being like, wow, like I really want to hear Nick speak right. at my event. Absolutely. And the beautiful thing about going to conferences and just any event as a speaker is if you're good, of course, people will see that. And I can't tell you how many offers I've gotten just from going to different events and networking with people. And some events I leave are five people to ask, can you come speak at this? Can you come speak at this? And so that that's a really good organic way to to build being a speaker as well. So. For sure. So real quick before we before we close the door on speaking, um, do you have any sort of like actionable strategies in terms of like, I know you mentioned LinkedIn and you mentioned that like getting your first one's the most important getting your foot in the door. But like when you were going on LinkedIn, connecting with people, trying to get your foot in the door for these different events, do you have any like pointers that, that our audience could sort of take with them? Yeah. Well, the thing is LinkedIn is, is an interesting platform because let's just say there's about four to 500 million active accounts on there. So a little, there's a little a, bit. Right. There's only about 4 million monthly active users. Yeah. Really? That's it's, interesting. It's insanely low. So there's been quite a bit of growth over the past two years specifically. So I would say LinkedIn is the best platform to use if you're looking to grow anything you want to do professionally. Because if you start posting content and posting content consistently about stuff that you care about, not mimicking other people, people are going to notice that and they're going to reach out to you. And likewise, it makes it easier to reach out to other people. Like when I message somebody on LinkedIn that I found interesting, it was never, what can you do for me? It was, I want to reach out to you because I think you're interesting. I really would like even just 15 minutes of your time to chat with you. And if there's anything I can do right off the bat to help you, that's it. And I, I go by the give, 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 then take philosophy that has been floating around. And, I, and it really does work. Like my friend Marae, who I've been referencing down in Australia, uh, she, she and my friend Miri, who I also talked about, knew each other. I saw her on LinkedIn and I was like, you know, I want to reach out to her. So I messaged her on LinkedIn, said who I am, said I knew Miri, said I'd love to chat. She took my offer. The rest is history. Wow. So I view this whole process as not networking, as not selling. You are building relationships and authentic relationships that you can maintain for years and years and years and years and years because relationships go farther than anything. And I mean, I, I've never been one to use platforms like LinkedIn, Twitter, any social media just to sell to people. Like I want to communicate who I am, what I'm working on. And why it's cool. Yeah. Ultimately. So I guess maybe I didn't give too many tips there per se, but maybe just some really basic strategies that you can start implementing using a platform like LinkedIn. I'm serious. LinkedIn and Twitter have changed my life with all this. <laughs> like that's where most of the results from, from my career have come from so far. Like I said, I know Instagram and I'll be honest, TikTok is hysterical. I love following oh, that. Man, like, I just downloaded the app two days ago. <laughs> Because one of my friends had like, he's blown up in the podcasting space on yeah. LinkedIn. So I needed to like go in and see what he was doing. But yeah, yeah, there's some crazy stuff. There is. Up. And it's, it's like, I call it like, I don't know if you were familiar with the movie. What was it? That dream movie Inception. Where oh. they were talking about unstructured dream space. Yeah. That's what I call TikTok right now. It's unstructured <laughs> dream space because like all these young kids are flooding there, but anybody can do anything on it because it's so new. And yeah. There's so much room. So I think I don't want to get into my whole thing on TikTok, but I, we, we actually may be looking at, at TikTok as a platform for us. We have some funny ideas, actually making some TikTok videos where Alexa says some, we have like a back and forth banter with Alexa. Maybe Alexa oh, says some. I could see that taking yeah, off. Some interesting things. So 
<laughs> but you, that's, that's the thing, though. That, that's kind of why I love marketers and I love people in business and communication because I, I just think we're hardwired to always be looking out for these new opportunities and different things. And that's the beautiful thing about being in voice, too, is more unstructured dream space. <laughs> it's so new. There are so many opportunities to do things. If you stake your claim now, you're going to wind up like the people who made millions with the internet, who made millions with mobile, who made millions with social media because there's such a small number of people doing stuff. So that would be my advice with all this. Sweet. Thank you. That was, that was super valuable. I got a couple questions that I'd like to ask all the guests before we wrap up. You feeling ready for those? Sure. Sweet. First of which is, uh, Nick, what's something that you're genuinely excited about right now? This could be uh, have to do with Red Fox AI. This could be something totally unrelated, but like what's something that's got you fired up? Finally to dive into this full time. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people don't actually know that I currently have been building this entire business while working full time. And I've had a, don't get me wrong, I've had a fantastic experience at my my full time job. They've given me a ton of opportunity, but um, some things are happening and I'm excited, more excited than any of you could ever, ever know <laughs> to be finally jumping into my business full time and working for me. That is what is up. That is what is up. Um, I'm also curious, who are some people that you look up to? These could be in the voice space. These could be really in any space, but like, who are the people that you're, you're looking to? Yeah, absolutely. I can think of a couple right off the top of my head. So one who I've talked about is my friend, Mary Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, you can follow her. She's on every social media platform and you can follow her. She, she was the one who really kickstarted so much of this for me through her personal brand coaching and mentorship. So she's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think what are some other people. Noelle Charity is another really good one to follow on social media. I've become pretty good friends with her. Um, my mom, you know, as, as, as cliche as that is, like the woman practically molded me to this point. Yeah. So I can't give her enough credit for the support. All my friends and family, my, you know, my best friend, Brett, who's teaching me things <laughs> about development now that I never, I never would have thought I could learn. Like he just randomly texted me and I was like, did you know you could do this with Alexa and different things? And I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, who are some other influencers in the voice space? My friend Scott and Susan Westwater are two very good people to follow. You can find them on Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, God, there's so many people. Uh, that's a hard question because there's so many people that have influenced my I mean there's even people around here in Madison like Neil Maplick is a really good one my friend Kareem I mean there's there's just there's so many people I could go on and on <laughs> that's real that's real I, I have a quick question though um with with starting a business with your best friend um I want to hear a little bit about just talk about sort of the ups and downs or have there been any any big challenges with that yeah so I mean truthfully when Brett and I were in Red Fox created together we butted heads a lot more than we did now but the reason that is, is because we were focusing on things that he hated. So Brett is not a marketer. Brett is not a social media person. And that's what we were doing for clients. And he just hated it. So every time I would push him to do stuff and learn things, he would just push back, which is only natural. Yeah. But that's why he opted to leave um, for a bit there because it just wasn't for him. But as, of course, he saw me really growing Red Fox in 2018 and getting into voice and AI, I think he saw, okay, if Nickel had me back, there could be another really good opportunity here. So he came back to me in January of this year and was like, how can I be involved again? And I never would have thought he would be coding. And I never thought he'd be a software development person. And I was like, well, I would really like to bring the development for the Alexa skills and Google actions in house. If you learn how to code, I mean, yeah, that would be really cool. And he just, ran with it. I mean, the dude is now up until 3 a.m. working on Alexa skills and Google Actions and learning about this. I mean, 
he also works full time, but I'm going to be real. He also may sneak in some Red Fox work as well because he just loves it so much. So I never would have thought that he would take it upon himself to, to learn and just throw himself into it. And it's been incredible. So yeah, right now there is absolutely no issues. I think we're on the best level business wise that we've ever been. Um, and then I have another one of my friends too, who's currently involved with the business helps with sales and, and things have been going okay with him as well. So yeah, I know it can be risky working with friends sometimes, but I would say in my end, it's it's worked out okay so far for the most part. All right, solid, solid. Do you have any habits that have served you particularly well, either in your business or your lifestyle? Yeah, uh, one thing that I love doing that I, I wish I could keep doing more of, unfortunately, with, with me, you know, doing two full-time jobs, which has been a bit hard, but I love working out. Like, and I know, again, it, it's simple and it sounds cliche, but when there's, there's just this rush that you get after working out that I just helps me clear my head mentally and different things. And it's so important. Um, read every day. I couldn't be, I, I couldn't stress that enough. And it, it, for me, I don't even read necessarily about AI and voice every day, but it's just something. Learn something new every day, read something new, stay up to date on current events, just learn, learn about something new. I can't stress that important enough. And then I would say the biggest thing that I have had to learn myself and really commit to is blocking out my time. Yeah. Because there have been moments where I make this huge to-do list during the week that I, I'm a list person, so I can make lists until the end of time. <laughs> so I've had to really learn how to just block out my time and be like, okay, from you know nine to 10, I'm working on this, or from one to two, this is happening, and stick to that schedule because it's so easy to just keep working, keep working, keep working, keep working. You need to adhere to a routine and that strict schedule, which makes you focus a lot better, I find. Yeah, I totally agree. I have all of my days blocked off in a Google Calendar, and the night before, I just go in and make sure every 15-minute uh, chunk is accounted for, and so I know exactly where I'm going to be and what I'm going to be doing, and yeah, the key thing is just sticking to that because, I mean, some people, uh, when they hear that I do that, they think that's very restricting, but honestly, I, I feel it's, it's just freeing because then I know right. what I'm going to be doing. I don't have to worry about like, oh, like when am I going to fit this in? Right. Like, when am I going to be here? Exactly. Like, it's I, just all there. I find the more freedom you have, the more restricting it is because your mind just keeps mulling over these different things instead of, okay, I have the structured plan. This is what I'm going to do. Done. Yep. So Exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's been a big, big game changer for me. And just always holding myself accountable to that. I mean, sometimes I'm writing it down in this little book right here. Right. Um, but but honestly, Google Calendar yeah. is just so effective. Well, then one, one thing I've started doing recently that's really helped as well is every day I identify something that I'm grateful for in my life. Mm. And I sit and I think about it for about one to five minutes. Really? And just let that feeling of gratitude just overwhelm me because it keeps me grounded and reminds me that the smallest of things we can be grateful for and we should be grateful for because especially now having traveled as much as I have this year, especially to some different countries, there are lots of people out there who do not have the same opportunity that we do here in the United States and even in just other countries as well. So just identifying one thing to be grateful for and just thinking about that and appreciating that, I feel like has rewired my brain actually to just enjoy life more and be more grateful and help me grow what we're doing. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. I got a lot of respect for that. 
Um, well, the last thing is just where can people go if they want to learn more about what you're working on, Red Fox AI, and just all the all the cool stuff that you're Yeah, doing. well, the good news is you can also find me on all the socials. So <laughs> I am on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, um, all of the big social media platforms. So you don't have to go far to find me. My handle on some of those is at the R-E-D Red Nick M. Um, uh, you can send me an email, nick.myers, M-Y-E-R-S, at redfox-ai.com. I'm always willing to meet with people and chat and different things like that. Um, our website is redfox-ai.com. I always put the dash in there because <laughs> I try getting the Redfox AI domain, but of course somebody had it, sure. and it's just a, a basic WordPress website they haven't done anything with in years. So it's redfox-ai.com. Um, I'm starting to get more active um, on some different blogging platforms as well. And I also, am I allowed to talk about my podcast? Yeah. Yeah. So I also do run a podcast where I bring in guests who are working in either AI or voice or just tech in general. And we have a chat about what they're working on in AI and how they're making waves. And then I dive into some different solo episodes as well, just some different topics related to artificial intelligence, technology, or voice, again, just to help people understand where we're at with things and, uh, that is called the Artificial Podcast, and you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Well, Nick, thank you so much for your time. I'm going to link up all of those resources and socials you mentioned in the show notes. Um, last thing, man, do you have any parting thoughts, words of wisdom, or anything you want to leave the listeners with? Yeah, uh, this specifically is something that I've been thinking about lately and I've really taken to heart. And I'd say through this entire journey that I've had, and I say journey even though I'm only 25, but... <laughs> This entire journey that I've had, I've learned that we encounter a lot of different situations in life. Everybody, everybody deals with hardship. Everybody deals with different situations. We may not be able to control every single situation, but we can control how we respond to every situation. And I really have practiced over the past decade more than ever the response part, and it's changed my life. And I would recommend that... Um, I recommend it in any way that is best suited to you to, to think of it the same way and practice that as well. Could not agree more. That's some powerful stuff. Nick, thank you so much for your time and choosing to spend it on Young Smart Money. It's yeah, thank you for pleasure. having me. Absolutely. Bada bing, bada boom. That is a wrap, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this last episode of Young Smart Money. If you did, you know what to do. Um, drop us a five-star review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me. I literally run on reviews like they are the fuel that goes into my body and gets me jazzed up, fired up every single morning. So if you take the time, literally it's like five seconds to drop a review. If you're in the podcast app, literally just go to Young Smart Money, scroll all the way down past all the episodes at the very bottom. There'll be a section that says write a review. If you could drop me all of your thoughts, all of your questions, all your comments, all your concerns. I would love to read those. I read each and every one of them. Um, and I really do take them all to heart. So that would mean a ton if you could do that. Otherwise, um, if you guys are wondering how I make money on the show, because if you all notice, I don't put sponsors on the podcast. I don't believe in that. I don't want to waste your time listening to some ad about Squarespace or whatever they're promoting these days on the podcast. And I've been approached by plenty of sponsors, believe me, but they all get shown where the door is because that's not what I believe in. But I am still able to monetize this 
this podcast, turn it into a consistent five figures per month of income. If you guys are wondering how I do that, um, I put together a free cheat sheet for y'all. It's a little bit more than a cheat sheet. It's kind of like an ebook. It's like 20 some pages long where I laid out the 16 methods that I use to monetize my podcast. So if you guys are interested in that, um, again, completely free, just head over to applecriter.com slash cheat sheet. That's applecriter.com slash cheat sheet. And you can download that completely for free. Cheat sheet is all one word. Uh, don't ask me to spell it though, because I will probably mess up. So guys, applecriter.com slash cheat sheet for the free cheat sheet, how I'm able to monetize my podcast consistently five figures per month off of that. Um, I really am passionate about podcasting and I want to teach y'all how to do it because I see these guys making videos on YouTube teaching you like the, the bare minimum, the basics, the stuff that nobody like needs to actually learn. Um, but it's, it's that advanced stuff. It's how to actually make money doing this without having to put sponsors on your show that I think is really, truly valuable. So that's why I wanted to share that with y'all. So guys, again, absolutely free to download. Link will also be in the show notes for this episode. Otherwise, I hope you guys have an absolutely wonderful rest of your day, wherever it leads you. And I'm glad you decided to spend the last hour here with us on Young Smart Money.